Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. The Word of God says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. This morning I want to preach on five reasons not to be afraid. Five reasons not to be afraid. Five reasons not to be afraid. You know, whenever I heard about, I think I was coming back from Florida when I first heard about the Orlando shooting and there was a dread, there was a dread that came into the bottom of my stomach, in the pit of my stomach. And it wasn't a dread that I was afraid that I was going to get shot or killed by a gun. But I, I knew what was coming. I, there was a fear that was rising up in me that I knew that there's two things that I hold dear to me. Guns and the Bible. And of course my Bible above all else. And those two things were about to be took away from me. Because when I found out that at the Orlando shooting that that was the, the Muslim rainbow warrior had went in there and he had killed all these all these poor people, I thought, oh no, it had, to be, it had to be a homosexual bar. And they're going to get all this sympathy. And if there's one thing we know about our Word of God is our Bible is against the homosexuals. Amen. Our Bible's against sinners. The Bible's against me and you. Amen. amen. But we admit that, amen. We know that Bible's against me and it's against you. It straightens us out. There's none righteous, no, not one. It says you're a sinner and it shows you all the ways you're a different sinner. And homosexuality is a sin according to this Bible. And I know the sympathy that they're going to get, that there's going to be an uprising against this Bible. And of course we know every time against guns. And there was a little bit of a fear that rose up in me about that. And I thought, what, what am I afraid of? I don't need to be afraid of anything like that. I'm not afraid about somebody coming and shooting me. But there was a fear like that because I hold this Bible so dear to me. But I believe it's just a sign that we're getting closer to the end times. It's just a sign we're getting closer to the end times. So I want to give you this morning, I want to give you five reasons not to be afraid. Look at verse 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. The first reason not to be afraid is God is with you. God is with you. You don't need to be afraid. You and God make a majority. God said in Hebrews chapter 13, He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's the kind of God that you serve. Now, if you're underneath the sound of my voice and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you should be afraid. You say, well, Brother Keegan, when I get up to heaven, I'll just deal with God. It'll just be me and God sitting there. Let me tell you something what Jesus Christ said. He said, if you believe on me, you're not condemned. But if those that believe not are condemned already. You're not going to get up there and be judged. Guys, I'm here to tell you, if you're in here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're condemned already. You've already been judged according to Jesus Christ. And there's hell waiting for you. You should be afraid. Remember years ago, people riding around in their trucks and their cars, and they had that bumper sticker or that sticker that said, No fear. No fear. They had that. Y'all remember that? Yeah. Yeah, no fear. No fear. That's the way the world is. They, they don't have no fear of anything. And the Bible says you should have a healthy fear of the Lord. And if you're in here and you don't know Jesus Christ, you should be afraid. And this sermon's not for you. This sermon's for a Christian. This sermon's for those who have accepted Jesus Christ in their, as their Lord and Savior. And have God. Because if, God, if God's not with you, God's against you. <laughs> fear thou not, for I am with thee. The whole world can be against you. But if you've got God on your side, you've got the majority. 
He's never going to leave you. You're never going to have to worry about being alone again with God's with you. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. That's the first thing not to be afraid of. Don't be afraid because God's with you. Look at, keep on reading. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Don't be afraid. God will give you strength. Man, there's nobody stronger than God. And there's, there's a great, when you're a Christian, there's something great about having God. And he gives you strength to do these things that you need to do. You don't need to be afraid. Say, well, I'm so afraid. I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to do that. You can do it with the power of Jesus Christ. But you need to get into the power of Jesus Christ. You need to have Jesus Christ. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I'll show this to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And I'll show this to you. There's no reason to be afraid. God is with you. There's no reason to be afraid. You got God's strength. Man, this is some great scripture right here. This is Paul writing. Paul was having all kinds of trouble. We believe it was his eyes there in verse 7. He had a thorn in the flesh. Brother Raymond, he had a thorn in the flesh. Verse 7. <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Lest I should be exalted, exalted above measure, though through the abundance of the revelations that were given to me, a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, buffet me. To buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that I might depart, that it might depart from me. Verse 9. And he said unto me, This is what Jesus Christ said unto Paul My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. See, when you're at your weakest, that's when Jesus Christ is at his strongest. You don't need to be afraid because no matter how weak you get, Jesus Christ is going to be your strength. So for my strength is made perfect in weakness. You know what the key to this is? You've got to be weak. You've got to be weak. What's the, what's the problem with us being, you know, here it is on Father's Day. I'll tell you what's the problem with fathers. I know because I'm a father. We're too proud. We think we can do it all. You know, I'm a man. I can handle it. I don't need no help. I don't need nobody to help me. I can handle it. Yeah, you do need help. You need help with the help of the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> You can't do it all on your own. And you need help. And Paul, one of the greatest, the greatest Christian ever lived, said, for, he said, For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You want the power of Jesus Christ? You want to have the strength of Jesus Christ? You need to, be, you need to get yourself weak. You need to admit you're weak. You say, that's so easy, Brother King. That's too easy a formula. Try it. Try getting down on your knees and praying and, and, and saying, you know what, I can't do this anymore. I'm so weak. I need your help, Lord Jesus Christ. It's the hardest thing, maybe because I'm so prideful, for me to get down and admit that I need help from the Lord Jesus Christ. Because I always felt like, maybe because I was raised kind of on my own, I always felt like I can handle this. I got this. I'm going to be able to handle this. I don't need anybody's help. And you do need people's help. You do need somebody's help. And that somebody is Jesus Christ. Verse 10, therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, he pleasures in this stuff. In infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then am I strong. When I am weak, then am I strong. When you're weak, that's when Jesus Christ is at his strongest. Are you weak this morning? Are you weak in fighting sin? Are you weak? Are you having trouble overcoming a sin? Are you having trouble overcoming something in your life? Are you, are you ready to admit as a Christian that I'm weak, I can't handle this anymore? And let me tell you something, that's the best place you can be. 
with Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I can't do this anymore. You're going to have to do it for me. I'm too weak, Lord. The Lord said, that's okay. I'm going to be your strength. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I am your strength. You need to stop relying on your own strength. Back when this country was a great country, and this country isn't great anymore, guys. I know. This country isn't what it used to be. Back when this United States was a great country, we didn't rely on our own strength. We relied on the strength of God. Amen. We believed that God was on our side, and we wanted God on our side. Amen. We need to go back to getting back to the strength of God and relying on His strength. Amen. Saying, you know what, I got up this morning, I'm going to work not by my own strength, but by the strength of God. And you start living your life saying, you know what, I'm not going to do this on my own strength. I'm going, to go, I'm going to recognize that God is my strength. He is my health. He's the reason I get up in the morning. He's the reason I'm able to move. Because if God doesn't want me to move, I, mean, he could, I could stop moving just in an instant. Amen? Amen? You know what's amazing to me? Being around men all my life, because I'm, I'm talking to men. This is Father's Day. It's, I know there's a lot of men in here. It's how many men I've met, at, like at the city of Brownwood, that walk around with their chest stuck out. They're so prideful. And they don't need God, and they don't want, they don't want, to, have, they don't want to listen to me talk about Jesus Christ, and they kind of just fluff me off. But when the doctor comes in the sitting room, and the doctor looks them in the eye, and the doctor says, you have cancer. It's so funny how that pride kind of shrivels up. And they come up to their old brother King and say, will you pray for me? Will you pray for me? See, we're, we're, we're so prideful when we're, on, when we're in our own strength. But when that day comes when we realize, I'm not going to be strong anymore. Brother George, we know what we're talking about here. My back's not going to be what it used to be. I'm not going to be able to run a marathon. You start realizing, you know what? I'm not 21 years old anymore. Amen. And even in my 40s, I've had to really swallow my pride with things I can't do. When that day my son could beat me in basketball, I knew, man, I might as well just hang it up. <laughs> I'm, I'm done for. I was so mad at myself. You know, I can't believe this. But you know what? It, it's sobering and sombering when you start realizing I'm not as fast as I used to be. I'm not as strong as I used to be. I'm not as sharp in the mind as I used to be. Guys, we need to stop relying on our own strength and realize that God is our strength. Listen, when you realize that God is your strength, you don't have nothing to be afraid of anymore. You don't have anything to be afraid of anymore. Back in uh, Isaiah chapter 41. Back in Isaiah chapter 41. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. Is he your God? Amen. Amen. See, that's why it's so amazing. That's why it's so important to get God on your side. to get in. And see, God's only going to be in, on your side when you're in Jesus Christ. You're not going to get God on your side going any other way. We talked about that in Sunday school. It's a narrow way. Jesus Christ is the only way. And when you get into Jesus Christ, you get into all of God's love. You get into all of God's strength. And you, God will be on your side. For I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Strengthen thee. Strengthen you. Give you strength to bear your burdens. Give you strength to overcome sin. Give you strength to do his will. Let's move on to the next one. Yea. Middle of verse 10. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Skip down to verse 13. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, fear not, I will help thee. Amen. Amen. 
Don't be afraid. God's your helper. God's going to help you. Don't be afraid. Look what it says. Thy God will hold thy right hand like a good dad. He's going to hold your right hand. He's going to hold your hand. Man, there's nothing that brings up. Me and my wife were down in Florida. We were at this zoo. We were walking around. And I seen a lot of families. And I'm not around a lot of families like I used to be, but there's a lot of families around there. And not, there's nothing that warmed my heart than to see a dad holding their kid's hand, walking there and doing stuff with them and holding their hand. That's a good dad. And that's how God wants to do for you. God wants to hold. Look what he wants to do. It says, Thy God will hold thy right hand. No, a lot of us in here are right-handed, amen. I think there's some of us in here are left-handed. Caleb, you left-handed? You're left-handed too, Daryl, aren't you? Who else is left-handed in here? Left-handed? Anybody else in here left-handed? And nobody wants to admit it, do they? The vast majority of our presidents were left-handed. Y'all know that? Yeah. <laughs> when you're a Satanist, they call it taking the left-handed path. Y'all know? The left-handed path. Did y'all know that? Why? Because everything to do with God, the good side of God, is the right hand. It's always the right hand. You'll never find it left-handed. The only time you hear Jesus Christ talking about the left hand, you know what he's saying? Let the sheep go on my right hand and the goats on my left. That's not to scare you, Caleb, or anything like that. <laughs> my mom was left-handed. And she forced me to do everything left-handed. So I was in my 20s when somebody said, I didn't know you were left-handed. I said, what do you mean? They're saying you're eating with your left hand. And I looked down at my fork, and my fork was in my left hand. I cannot eat with my right hand. Have you ever noticed going out to eat with me that I do not ever eat with my right hand? I can't do anything with my right hand when it comes to eating. My mom forced me to eat with my left hand to the point where it's in my head now, and I'm, I'm mentally challenged when it comes to eat. I'm serious. It's like I, put the, I, don't, I can't do it. She just messed me up is what she did. That in a lot of other ways she messed me up. When you're going to reach out, you're going to reach out and you're going to reach out and open up the door. You're going to open up the door with your right hand. When somebody's holding your right hand, that takes away what you're going to do. In other words, you're relying on the other person who's holding your hand to do everything for you. Open up the door and do everything. That's what you're doing when you allow God to hold your right hand. You see what's going on there in verse 13? Thy God will hold thy right hand. That means he's going to lead you. He's going to guide you like a good dad. Saying unto thee, fear not, I will help thee. He'll be your help. He'll be your help. There's a guy worker named Mickey Rutherford. And it's real easy to stand up to bullies when you've got somebody big standing behind you. Amen? This guy's big. This guy's like a gorilla. I call him the gorilla. I call him the albino gorilla because he's just a big old dude. And, he, and I've seen him do stuff out in the field when we're working that amazes me, the power he has. We'll be sitting there working on something, trying to pull a wrench. And I mean, just there's two or three grown men. Just, ah, and he goes over there and just like, ooh, this, I don't want to mess with you. And he's told us stories about how this guy was messing with him in a, at where he was working years ago. And he said, I just, I just grabbed the guy and I squeezed him. Because he wouldn't leave me alone. I squeezed him. I broke three ribs. I was like, oh, my gosh. He goes, I didn't know I did it. Well, he tells me the story. Mickey tells me the story that his friend of his come by and picks him up and says, hey, come with me. Somebody took my, my floor jack. And I think I know who did it. And they drive over to these people's house. This is out there, in, out there at the lake. They drive over to these people's houses, and they pull up in the truck, and Mickey and that guy are sitting in that truck, and that guy says, hey, 
my floor jack's missing. And one of the guys says, yeah, what about it? He said, well, it better show back up at my garage. And then one of the other guys there says, why, is there a reward? And that guy sitting in the truck says, yeah, the reward is I'm going to come back and whip your rear end. But he didn't say it so nice. So Mickey says, so me and John, that guy's name is John, I think, they drove off. He said, well, guess what? We got back and that floor jack was sitting there in the middle of the, right back where it was supposed to be. And Mickey said, man, he, that guy scared him away. And I was like, Mickey, that guy didn't scare them one bit. He, they saw you sitting over there on the other side of the vehicle is what was happening. Yeah, they saw that big old guy sitting there. He goes, man, we better, get that, we better get that floor jack. And the reason why that guy was so confident to say, yeah, I'm going to come back and rip, whip your rear end is because you were sitting next to him. That's what's going on. That's how God is with you. When you've got God on your side, you've got, you can stand up to the bully of Satan. My favorite thing that Joe does to Mickey is, Joe, the guy I work with, he says, I, I want to go buy this truck, and I want to take you with me, Mickey. And all I want you to do, Mickey, is I want you to stand behind me, and I want you to take your fist, and I want you to just pump it into your palm like that. Just stand behind me the whole time. Don't say nothing, Mickey. Just stand behind me and just go like this. The whole time I'm saying, yeah, I want to buy that truck for $1,200. <laughs> And you're going to sell to me for $1,200. And I, Mickey, I want you to just stand behind me, just pumping, putting your fist into your palm. Yeah, yeah man, when I, when I had big old, uh, big old friends at school, I would stand up to anybody. God is your help. Don't be afraid. When you have God as your help, you're not afraid anymore. You know when we go out street preaching and we're bold and we're holding up signs and I've had people say, don't, aren't you ever afraid somebody's going to stop? And, no, I'm not afraid. I'm just stupid enough to believe that God's going to take care of me. <laughs> I really am. You're afraid somebody's going to come by and shoot you or something like that? No, I mean, I think God's going to take care of me. When I went to that maximum security prison, we was in that G4 unit, and I had that vest on there, and we were talking to all these murderers and rapists and killers, I did not have one fear. It's not because I have courage. It's because I know that God's with me. Amen. Do you not understand that? When God's with you, you got somebody who's strong. He's my strength. He's my helper. I don't have no reason to be afraid. I have any reason to be afraid. God is my help. God is my help. Look at, look at Isaiah chapter 43. Let's move right along. Let's move along quickly. Isaiah chapter 43. God is your strength. God is with you. God is your help. Look at Isaiah 43 verse 1. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. Listen, don't be afraid, God has redeemed you. You belong to God. Amen. Amen. See, when you accept Jesus Christ, you get so much good stuff in that, you don't, maybe you don't even realize it. When you accept Jesus Christ, then you belong to God now. See, the Bible teaches that when you accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, that instant God puts the Holy Spirit in you and seals you with that Holy Spirit, and that Holy Spirit's going to be in you and on you until He comes and gets you and redeems you, redeems this body. But right now your soul is redeemed. He says, I have redeemed thee. Don't fear, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou are mine. God puts a sign on you. When that Holy Spirit's in you, there's a sign on you that says, do not touch property of God. Amen. You're the property of God. The devil can see that you belong to God. I saw this sign the other day, and I thought it was a really good sign. It was a sign out in somebody's yard that says, private sign, please do not read. 
Remember when you fell in love with the one that you married? Remember when you fell in love and you gave the one you love that ring? What did that ring represent? You, put the, you want her to get that ring because you want to make sure everybody knew she belonged to you. Amen. Amen, right? And that's why she makes you wear this one. You belong to somebody. You belong, and that's what the devil sees on you. God is giving you that, that Holy Spirit. It's a sign that says that person belongs to me. Do not touch. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. For I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. Look at Isaiah chapter, look at Isaiah chapter 35. What's that old song? What's that old song that in the 60s or whatever, my boyfriend's back and you're going to be in trouble? Ooh la, ooh la. My boyfriend is back, yeah. That's how the devil has to look at you. Don't mess, now he can't mess with you. He messes with you, he's messing with God. Don't be afraid, don't be afraid. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come. With vengeance. Even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. Don't be afraid. God saved you. <laughs> Listen. When you know, and you, when you're saved, and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that when you take your last breath, you're going to heaven. That will change your outlook on a lot of things in life. And you keep that perspective that no matter what happens to me, if I get cancer tomorrow and the doctor comes in the office and says, you know what, Keegan, I have some bad news. You got about six months to live. I will think in my heart, I got six months till I'm in heaven. Amen. When you have that attitude, when you have that perspective, when you get right with God and start looking at things that way, it's going to take a lot of fear away from you. When you know you're saved. The main thing you need to remember is this. Look back up, at ver up in verse 4 in the middle of it. It says, Be strong, fear not, behold, your God will come. Guys, we see what's going on in the world, but don't be afraid. Jesus Christ is coming back. Amen. Don't be afraid. Jesus Christ is coming back. You know all the stuff going on in the world, from the politics to you see the shootings, and people just always, and I, the first thing that happened when I got back from vacation at work, they wanted to talk to me about Orlando, about the shooting. They wanted to talk to me about that. I don't care. I mean, I feel sorry for some people. I don't want anybody to die. I for sure think it was evil. But that's not, that's not, that's not my world. <laughs> this is not my place. I'm just passing through. Y'all the ones... The world's the one that wants to make this a better place. You're the ones that want to clean up the hog pen. This is a hog pen. This is a pig pen. This place is wicked. And out of their own mouth, God's going to judge them. Whenever you go, you talk to a homosexual, and they say to you, don't say, I'm not straight, I'm gay. That's what they'll say. They'll say, are you straight? And me and my wife saw a bumper sticker in Brownwood that said, I'm so gay I can't even drive straight. This is what a lesbian had on the back of her car. I'm so gay I can't even drive straight. What's the opposite of straight? Crooked. Crooked. By their own words, God's going to judge them. So when that Muslim rainbow warrior went in there and, and he was killing all that, those crooks in there, I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about what's going on in the world. I'm not worried about any of that. This is their own place. They're going to have to deal with it. My Savior's coming back. And he's coming back with a vengeance. And I don't have to answer to anybody. I don't have to answer to them. But they're going to have to answer to God. Amen. God will come with vengeance. Even God with a recompense. He will come and he will save you. And all these people, 
that make fun of me and mock me and make fun of us as being Christians, they're going to have to answer to God. Amen. I'm not afraid of it. They're the ones that need to be afraid. Amen. They're the ones that need to be afraid. They think they're going to get away with it and they're not going to get away with it. Look at Luke. Let's close in Luke. And I'm going to close this and we'll be done. Luke 21. Just don't be afraid, guys. And I'm going to show you one more thing and then we'll close. Luke chapter 21, verse 25. We don't have anything to be afraid of as Christians. But if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have a lot to be afraid of. Luke chapter 21, verse 25. Jesus Christ is speaking. I want you to read what Jesus Christ said. There shall be signs in the sun and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth, distresses of nations, with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. All the stuff you see going on in nature, these floods, all this weird stuff going on with the weather, that's all God moving. That's all a sign of the end times. Look at verse 26, though. Men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which come, which, excuse me, which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. You might be listening to me and you say, well, I'm not afraid right now. Right now. Well, there will be a time you will be afraid. And according to the book of Revelation, when Paul's, I mean, John's writing the book of Revelation, there's a time coming where when they see the God, wrath of God, they're going to say, oh, hide us from the wrath of God. They're going to be hiding under the rocks. And they're going to, they're going to be wishing for death. They're going to be so afraid. They're going to wish they could die. In verse 27, And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. That's Jesus Christ coming back. Now, if you're a Christian, look at verse 28. This is one I want you to memorize. And when these things begin to come to pass, I think it's beginning to come to pass, guys. I believe it. All this stuff's beginning to come to pass. When these things begin to come to pass, Jesus says, then look up, lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. When you're seeing all these things happen in the media, and you see all these things happen all around you, you, should, you know what you need to do? Jesus Christ says, when you see these things begin to come to pass, just look up, because I'm about to come back. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you, why not? Muhammad didn't do anything for you. Nobody else has done anything for you, but Jesus Christ did it all on the cross of Calvary. If you know enough, and you're real, if you know enough about yourself and you're willing to be honest with yourself, you admit you're a sinner. You'll admit, I have some problems in my life. And without Jesus Christ, you're never going to get them straightened out. And without Jesus Christ, if you don't take Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you're bound for a devil's hell. And when I say devil's hell, I mean devil's hell. The hell was never meant for you. The Bible says, Jesus Christ says, that hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. But because you won't take Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior... God has no choice. He can't allow sin into heaven. He's going to have to cast you down. He said, well, I can't get into heaven right now. I'm a sinner. When you take Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, what God does, this is a miraculous justification that God does. He takes the righteousness of Jesus Christ and He puts it on you. And He takes all your wickedness and evil and He puts it on Jesus Christ. And that transaction took place at the cross of Calvary. See, it's already been done. So what you need to do now is you need to come to Jesus Christ and ask Him for this salvation and He'll give it to you freely. It's a free gift. And then from that moment on, you'll know where you're going to go and you don't have to be afraid anymore. 
You'll know condemnation's passed from me and I've passed them to life. I'm not condemned anymore. I believe on Jesus Christ. But if you're underneath the sound of my voice and you've never took Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, you're condemned. You're condemned already. And you need to take Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. So let me say this. I know a lot of y'all in here are saved. A lot of y'all in here know Jesus Christ. There's a time in your life that you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But let me remind you, there's going to come a time you're going to have to answer to Jesus Christ. You're going to have to stand before Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of Jesus Christ. You're already going to be saved. Your salvation is not going to be in doubt. But you're going to stand before Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of Christ and have to answer for the things you've done on this earth. What you've done for him and what you didn't do for him. And knowing all that Jesus Christ done for you, you're going to have to stand before him as he's going to bring your life and start showing all these things you've done, all the wickedness you've done. Don't you think it's time to straighten up and start living for the Lord Jesus Christ? Now you know he's coming back. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.